Support for this podcast comes from Placement SEO. As an SGI member, you can receive a 100% fully optimized website that's hosted for free. Have a website you already like? Placement SEO can dramatically boost your presence on Google free for 90 days. SEO generates 90% more clicks than local service ads and PPC. Visit sgileads.com for more information. Support for this podcast also comes from Learning Alliance. Tired of trying to figure out what you should train your team on every week? Do you struggle to be the dynamic trainer that elevates your team's performance while making happy customers? SGI's Learning Alliance now offers its members a turnkey 26-week training schedule with high-impact sales and communication videos for your frontline employees. Turn them on once a week and watch your team transform. Training can be as easy as clicking a mouse. To download this training schedule, SGI members, simply go to the Learning Alliance tab of your SGI Hub website. Then click on Learning Alliance videos. You'll find it there. Of course, your coaches are on standby if you need any assistance. I've watched and listened to everybody over the years that I've sat and listened to, and I realize that there's like, you you grow to like five or six trucks, and then from there, you almost have to double to make it worse. Mm-hmm. That's the grief you go through. Right, right. Well, I look at how profitable we are with basically three trucks on the road mm-hmm. and one truck waiting in the wings, and I keep thinking to myself, maybe I don't have to get too big because, you oh. know, it's really hard to keep everybody happy yes. and keep the culture, you know, you, you're adding personalities. Like you were saying earlier, you add those personalities and now are you managing those personalities and, and finding everybody's strengths and weaknesses and using them as best you can so that it's, it's still pliable. It's still, it's still a cohesive mix. Yes. That I, I, I don't want to um, in any way diminish how everybody that's already here feels about being here. Welcome to the Successful Contractor Podcast, powered by Success Group International, a show for residential contractors about residential contractors. We chronicle business journeys, share insights, and celebrate successes in this wonderful industry. I'm your host, Bob Houchin. Hey there, podcast listeners. I'm excited to bring to you a conversation I had with Laura Engstrom, owner of Alternate Design Plumbing in Orange City, Florida. Laura has been a longtime member of SGI, and if you've ever been to Expo, and especially if you're a plumbing contractor, my guess is you've met Laura. Her energy and attitude are truly infectious. She's eager and happy to share all she's learned over the years in the trades with anyone. I don't think she's ever met a stranger. And if you walk away from a conversation with Laura without a smile on your face, I'd have to check your pulse. Today, we're going to learn about Laura's journey in the plumbing trade. She'll explain how she got roped into the industry how alternate design plumbing transitioned from new construction to a residential service following the 08 recession, and how her team and company are stronger than ever. In fact, Laura reports that alternate design plumbing has continued to grow year after year at 17% and at a very strong profit margin. Best of all, Laura's managed this growth while keeping alternate design plumbing at three trucks with a fourth on the way. Laura once again proves that the number of trucks doesn't matter. What matters is the sales and profit those trucks generate. Laura offers a host of great insight that I'm eager to bring to you. I hope you enjoy our conversation and take away another or two. All right. Well, Laura, thank you so very much for your time. Very excited to have you on the show. For uh, those listening who have not had the grand pleasure of meeting you, could you please share uh, your name, your company name, and where you are located? 
I am Laura Engstrom. Our company is Alternate Design Plumbing, Inc., and we are in Orange City, Florida. Very Sunny good. Central Florida. Very good, very good. And you guys have had a really strong year this year, if I'm not mistaken. Could you kind of share with everyone uh, maybe how you, you're doing this year compared to last year and uh, how, you know, how many trucks you got rolling right now? We are cranking, Bob. Had, we've had one of the best years we've had in a long time, since, in probably in about 12 years. Wow, that's great. Uh, yeah, really good year. And I currently have three active trucks on the road. I have a fourth one prepped and ready mm -hmm. for another tech. I've got a, one truck's got two techs in it. Uh, well, one in training. He got a little greenhorn we brought on this this year, so sure. he's learning learning all the basics. So. Uh, I imagine within a year or so, he should be in that fourth truck if I don't have somebody great walk in the door in the meantime. Sure, sure. And we'll, we'll certainly talk about uh, the challenges of recruiting and all that good stuff. But uh, how, so how, how much are our sales up from than, uh, the previous year? Oh, good grief. <laughs> uh, I, was, I was always, I was, I was just kind of watching our numbers, um, and I've consistently seen about a 17% growth. That's great. An increase. That's from great. you know year over year over year, and we're definitely exceeding that this year. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. I'm sure, mm -hmm. it, and you know your numbers. I'm sure they're at a, at a very good margin. So it's it's uh, I'm, I'm, no wonder you're you're very excited about a, a good year. So um, yeah, very exciting. Now you, I, I'm excited to have you on because you and I have been friends for a long time. But I, we you know we haven't really dug into your story too much. We're always just having too much fun at expos. So um, <laughs> for those who uh, you know who've never had the pleasure of sitting down and chatting with you at expo. Or, or any SGI event, kind of to share with them uh, your story in the trades. How did you get uh, tied into this crazy plumbing business? <laughs> it's, it's a roller coaster, Bob. Uh -huh. It was a roller coaster. It was ultimately it was because the first gentleman that I really got pretty serious about when I moved to Florida, mm -hmm. he was a plumber, okay. and I just uh, met people over the course of time when he was a part of my life and one thing led to another and it just seemed like I kept getting sucked back into the plumbing world mm -hmm. and then in uh, let's see it was 1995 I had met David mm -hmm. and in 97 we started seeing each other in 98 we bought a place together he'd already started the business in 94 mm -hmm. And uh, then I, I had my own gig going, so I, you know, I helped him on the back end with, you know, some of the insurance stuff and just, you know, stuff that he didn't have time to do that I could apply some of my spare time to. And then we hired a, we had a gal that worked in the office with him on a part-time basis, and she decided she wanted to retire in 2005. Okay. So then. We brought in a young girl, and we were in the process of training her to go in, and she was a train wreck. Mm. And so I ended up coming in to the office on a full-time basis in September of 2006. September 2006. Oh. Yep, and I had been helping David. I had been part of the business more in the background for since 2000. Right. I mean, that's when I kind of kind of dug in and really got committed to doing what I could to help him and warranted even being on the payroll at that point. Right. And uh, 
so yeah, just kind of one thing led to another, and then, and then of course, as, as we all know, in 2006, that's when all of a sudden in our in our Florida uh, market, right. that was when we started first feeling the twinges of the oncoming recession. Right. The builders, we were doing new construction then, and the builders were starting to put the squeeze on us, mm-hmm. and so we started going out looking for more work, looking for a little more diversity, and. We were bidding more work, bidding, bidding some new builders, uh, getting into a little bit of light commercial work, mm-hmm. and that kind of kept us going. And then, of course, in 2008, we all went full-blown recession, Yeah, and that's, that was the year that we really realized that we needed an altogether different backup plan. Mm-hmm. And one of the one of the postcards came in the mail for a profit day. Hmm. Isn't that something? So we're, at, yeah. at that and, point, at and, that point, how much residential were you doing? Were you doing anything at all? Service, almost none. Okay. The only thing we really did that was service specific was uh, punch out on, <laughs> on our jobs, on our new construction jobs. Okay. Any of the superintendents or homeowners that needed a service call or or their moms needed a service call. We had one guy on salary mm-hmm. that we'd run him all over the countryside, just, you know, patching things up, yeah. fixing things here and there. Yeah. I had I had one ad in one phone book because <laughs> it was like twelve dollars a month. Mm-hmm. And it, it was just like you know, yeah, yeah, it's twelve bucks a month, sign me up. Yeah. I mean, we literally were doing no residential service on purpose. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we were strictly new construction, right? And it was all built on relationships. I'm sure you know you knew this yep. this contractor and this contractor, and uh, yep. and all of a sudden things get a little haywire. So, um, did you both go to to profit to profit day? And you said that was 2006 or 2008. I apologize. 2008. 2008. Did you guys both go? Yes. 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 We drove over to Tampa, mm-hmm. and we signed up that day. We put the initial $16,000 on our American Express. <laughs> and then the very next week was Summit. They were called Summit back oh, then. Yeah. Summit was in Norfolk, Virginia. Oh, I remember that one. And sure. Yep. So we went and got the fire hose treatment for five straight days. <laughs> yeah. And yep. And came and came home and had a box that followed us home that was yeah. outrageously loaded with three ring binders yeah. and so many tools to learn quickly. Yeah. And so we opened that box up and voraciously started devouring everything we had. We had learned and absorbed, and that was the beauty of us signing on to this together mm-hmm. is that there was two of us. Right. And so David grabbed certain parts of it. I grabbed other parts of it and we ran with it. We immediately implemented our the service fee. We immediately ordered uniforms. We, we chose one of the brands from PSI. Mm-hmm. Uh, we started rebranding, started John Abrams, all of his Wisdom that he shared at that summit, I I just ate it up. Yeah. I was like a sponge, and I applied everything I could, and I just I felt like I was on the coattails of something pretty awesome yeah. because we it would have taken us years to figure it all out. So right. the fact that the wheel was already invented, right. all we had to do was put it in motion, and and that's exactly what we did. So between the two of us, we got 
we sat all the guys down and explained to them what we were going to do. Right. We had we had one superintendent at that time. He was the guy who ran and checked all the jobs behind all the plumbers. Mm-hmm. And then we had we had I think four or five techs working for us besides him at the time. And they all got excited initially, but then <laughs> what we what we've learned is that. New construction plumbers and service plumbers are two very different animals. Yes. And, you know, we we had a couple of them bailed pretty quick. And a couple of them hung on for a while. And one particularly hung on for quite a while. And he was a great kid, but his passion, his first passion was to be a cop. So he ended up moving back to Massachusetts and followed in his father's footsteps and went to the police academy and, and chose that career, which... I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't even second guess him on that. I totally supported that. So, so yeah, we started from scratch. We, we lost everybody. Right. right. It was at, at one point it was me and David. David was running the calls. Yeah. I was booking them and ordering and handling everything at the shop. And David was out in the field. And then we just, over time, we've just had some amazing people come through the door. Yeah. And some not so amazing. Sure. <laughs> sure, yeah, you learn the hard way, right? And that's the... All of it. In that, that, part in you that do. realm, especially in, in trying to find good people, I think everyone has uh, bumps on their head from, from trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. So, so when you guys left... Um, you left Profit Day. There was no, you guys, you, you knew this is what you needed to do. I mean, cons- yeah. considering the massive change you, you were you were facing to go from construction and commercial to residential service, um, that's, that's huge. But you, you guys were ready for it. We knew we had to do something different, Bob. And I'm telling you, the, the greatest lesson that I have learned, the biggest takeaway that I have learned, and to this day I still say it, is we went from having our eggs in three or four baskets to having our eggs in over 4,000 baskets. Mm, yeah. So there's so many more reasons for the phone to ring now than there was before. Right, right. So, so many more people. Let's talk about that. So you you have really no residential service clientele when you when you first made this conversion and and to or, or began to make the conversion in 2008. I'm always I'm always intrigued by how people immediately stop one business and start another. So how, how did you first start uh, finding residential, you know, homes to, or homes to, to service back in that day? We followed in uh, John Abrams' wisdom. We, we established a victory village. Oh, okay. of, yeah. We, we put one of those together based on the homes that we had built. Okay. We went back into the records. We, we had an old Q&A program that, you know, we could pull up and, and run an Excel report and, and print address labels. And so we were able to get a victory village going out yeah. to those people. So we did the 12 months in a row mailer. Mm-hmm. And additionally, Bob, I remembered after going, after going to that summit and seeing the, you know, the smiley faces and the different ways that people were branded, I realized and said to David one day, there used to be a plumber in town that had smiley faces on his truck. Yeah. And I said, we need to find out who that was. Mm. So David went over in the industrial park and he found one of the box trucks in a, in a, one of the, um, rentals over there. Okay. So we got a hold of the guy. And so the irony of it is, is he literally, we've signed up with, in, in August of 2008, yeah. we got everything rolling, started really figuring out what in the world we were doing. And in 2009, Carlos, who owned CLC Plumbing, 
closed his doors. Okay. And so we went over and met up with him. We called him and we met him over at his shop and he said, listen, I've got some inventory. If you guys want to buy it, hmm. I've got this box truck. If you want to buy it. And we walk into his place and let's just say he was nowhere near as neat and organized as David and I are. <laughs> so we just kind of walked in and scratched our heads and went, wow. And at one point I walked into the office space that he had and there was this big pile. And I mean, literally it looked like a burn pile yeah. of invoices. Oh, wow. And I said, is that your customer? And he said, yeah. Oh, wow. And I said, I think I know what I can do with that. Yeah. And so I got a box and I took that well, it was more than one box. I took that big old pile of invoices. I took them home with me, and that weekend, I sat on the living room floor alphabetizing them. Oh, my. Putting ones together that were all the same customer. Yeah. And I created another Victory Village with that. Oh, wow. Okay. And then those started coming in. And the cool part was, is, you know, we were new to the service fee, so we were, like, trying to be so firm and this and that. Well, then all of a sudden these people are calling because of the CLC phone number, and the, the service fee was no big deal. They were already used to it. They are already trained. Right. And the pricing, the pricing, they were already sold on. Because Carlos, you know, he had some good pricing, and he stood by it. And so he, he always said to David and I, he said, you guys have something I never had. He said, you have each other. Mm. He said, my wife, his wife is a school teacher. Mm -hmm. He said, my wife could not be involved in the business with me. He said, it was hard for me to run the business and do the business. Right. So he, he helped us to really appreciate that we were an asset to each other in that sense, as we were literally rebirthing our business. Right. And it really, it, it really was a, a rebirthing. I mean, it, it, mm -hmm. you consider all that you've done and we've just started mm -hmm. talking about it a little bit. Um, how about the relationships that you had with contractors? Was that, was that difficult to sever those or did you just start increasing? How did, how did that happen? You just, I've heard plenty of things over the years. They start, Hey, we just started increasing our prices and increasing prices. And then they, they just started, uh, stop calling us or did you just cut them off completely? We fired them all right away. Wow. We fired them. Yep. We, uh, we had one builder that was into us for $150,000. And, and uh, they were always good about paying. Okay. But here's the thing. This was a, another compelling reason why David and I knew we had to do something and we needed to do something radical and quickly. Yeah. We could see the writing on the wall that this builder was going to go under. Right. And so David went in and he negotiated with them and he said, we have, we at, at that point in time, we probably had about a dozen houses under construction with mm -hmm. them. We were at some stage of construction. And... So we had material and labor and everything. And he said to them, we are not going to take on any more starts with you. We will finish out the ones that we have underway. We will warranty them for a year, just like we always have. Yeah. But we do not want to start anymore with you. And we want all of our money now. Wow. Okay. And they, within three months, so before the end of 2008, they had paid up the 150000 that they owed us. And then we completed out those houses. We honored that warranty. And that was the last builder we had because the one builder before that, one of the other bigger builders, they had already nickel and dined us to the point where 
they came to us and, and showed us what these other two plumbers were willing to do the work for. And Bob, these plumbers were doing it for 20% less than what we were yep. asking. Yep. And we just decided, you know what? If all of you were that stupid, you can have each other. <laughs> it's true, though. It's true. Yes. Yep. They, yes. they, they mistake. To leave that kind of money on the table was just asinine. Yeah. That's that. How great that you were able to get that hundred fifty thousand dollars. I mean, I, I, yeah. There was there was a there was a caveat to that one too. Here's the irony: the builder did go under, mm-hmm. went bankrupt. Of course, you know, corporations like that they have their way. They ended up over in Texas, rebranded, <laughs> and now they're back over here, rebranded yet again. Yeah. But then there was there was a little clause that, of course, we knew nothing about in the bankruptcy law that um, some creditors that that builder owed. They filed a class action lawsuit, and there was a clause that allowed for them to come back after after the contractors and vendors, which we were a vendor to that builder. Sure. They were able to come back after us and actually a certain amount of that $150,000 that got paid back within a 90-day time frame prior to their filing bankruptcy they were eligible to gain access to that money. So there was, really? it was, yep. So there was a $26,000 oh. back for this class action lawsuit. So during no fault of ours, I mean, that was labor and materials that we had put out for this builder, yeah. but because of the way the attorneys wrote the, the law, oh. they allowed for them to be able to go back in and move money around and yeah. take it from Paul to say Peter. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you want to talk about making me want to just buy guns. You front all the money and, and you're, you're hounding them for, for, to get paid. And then all of a sudden they come back. Well, I'm sorry. I need $26,000 of that back. Cause yeah. and his yeah. attorney's asking for it. that. Just, that, that would absolutely infuriate me as well. And that, that, yeah. I can see how that sealed the deal. You're like, I'm done with this. We need to do something yeah. else. So, yep. um, yep. That, that's that's. Uh, t- I'm sorry to hear that. It's terrible, but it is fascinating how that that part of the world of plumbing works. Um, all right, so so you close the door on that. You start mailing out these Victory Village letters. You know, Victory Village. Mm-hmm. It's I, I've always loved it, but it, it can sometimes be a slow burn. It doesn't always happen right away. But I guess, like you said, you had that client base that was calling the previous company's number, so you had mm-hmm. that consistent those consistent calls coming in, right? We did. We bought, uh, that plumber had three phone numbers. We got two of the three. One of the competitors up the street managed his local number. Uh-huh. But we already had a local number that had been around for a long time. Okay. And we, we bought up his other two numbers. And then we did exactly what John Abrams taught us. We went into the old phone books and we yeah. started calling plumbing companies that were no longer answering their phones and the numbers were disconnected. We started locating where those numbers, um, you know, were owned and we yeah. purchased them and they roll over. I've probably got, 25 numbers out there that I don't even know what they are yeah. that roll over <laughs> to our phone numbers. Ten. And I pay a monthly fee, but it's minuscule oh, yeah. when I look at, you know, what kind of revenue that those are generating for us. And sure. We didn't do, we didn't spend the money on the advertising except for maybe, you know, 
two bucks a month that we're paying now yep. for those numbers. Good old 10-digit marketing. That's what we call the best. Yeah, yep. it's brilliant. That's it's great. brilliant. That's great. All right, so you, you see, you're, you're finding a way to get the phones to ring. Another, so let's let's follow the let's follow the, the call as it as it comes in. So then it comes to you. And how about did you? Did, how did you get up to date? Because I don't know what what was your background or before you got into this crazy business and you know before maybe even moved to Florida. Were you you were always in you were in hospitality of some sort, right? Hospitality, yes, sir. I uh, and I also had my own cleaning business. Oh, okay. I cleaned house, houses on a private level okay. for individual residences. Okay. And so I had a I had a strong group of homeowners that I did work for and was spread pretty thin doing that. Sure. So was pretty diligent, and you know I had a good reputation. So. Yeah. That's a it's kind of nice to get out of that and stimulate my brain a little bit more. I can tell you that. Yeah, for sure. But the nice thing is, is uh, if you did well on it, it's because you were you you knew what customer service was. So absolutely. So you can take those skills. You know, you're in the office and you're you're managing these calls coming in. Um, but there is certain scripting and, and certain things you need to you know to, to build up value to to sell a service fee and and so mm-hmm. on and so forth. So how did you get yourself up to date on on using a script? I mean, did you go to any of our, our class back then or did you just I did your... I did I went to the class um, Mike taught it okay remember yeah. Mike Mike Dolan yeah yeah and he was so arrogant <laughs> and, I, and, and I remember sitting in that class and I said I am so not answering the phone like that <laughs> and he said well then why are you here and I'm like well good point and so I came back from that call taker class and I'm like, all right, well, you know what? I, uh, uh, they haven't showed me, they haven't showed me wrong till now. Yeah. So I didn't want the guys to be anywhere near me in the office when I <laughs> answered the phone. Thank you for choosing alternate design plumbing. This is Laura. How can we make you smile? Uh, so I was like mortified, but this is what I was going to say to people. Well, then I started doing it immediately. Yeah. And it worked. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And to this day, it still brings smiles to people's faces. It yeah. makes people chuckle. It makes men stop in their tracks. <laughs> right. right. It's to this day, it's the most beautiful icebreaker yes. for what we do. Right. Because people rarely ever call us because they have good news. Exactly. And they're having a good day. Right. For sure. So it, that there again, I love telling that story as much as I wanted to suck Mike Dolan in the face. <laughs> I'm just my hands on my hips to say it ain't happening. Yeah. It, I brought it home and it happened. Yeah. And I've gone back to him over the years when I would see him thereafter and thank him. Yeah. Uh, it, because he, he taught, taught us what works and I did it and he wasn't wrong. So that's funny. That's that's great. That's great. All right. So so you, you learn how to uh you know, you learn how to set up the call properly, you know, and then uh David, I guess, did he, how did he learn the system? Did he go to training then? And, uh, or how did he get up to speed on how to use straightforward pricing and, and build value and build options and all that good stuff? We had the playbook. Oh, yeah. And Carl. Carl was the instructor yeah. on the playbook version we had. We love Carl. Oh, yeah. Love him. And so he sat himself down with the playbook and he, he was, he's always been my strong purchasing guy and, He's always been Mr. Neat and orderly, and his trucks were, you know, even even when he was doing any kind of construction, his truck was always impeccable. So he was quick to get the truck stocked. Um, we already had 
two service vans we'd owned since 2002 and three okay. for our guys that did punch out okay, yeah. on the new construction. So, um, so we just completely revamped those. We got a hold of the American van catalog and ordered a bunch of bins and David installed everything and he set the trucks up and the beauty of it is, is that he's, he's worked out of those trucks. So he figured out what really does work well, which bins don't work, which bins do work where things are set up in the truck all so his his staging himself for success um was through trial and error to some degree but he he really truly has perfected it yeah um as far as him doing the um he taught himself early on he he memorized his script when he does it it doesn't sound memorized and of course the homeowners if they've never heard it they have no idea whether it's memorized or not but he literally is consistent beyond compare and he's because he because he was always owner, he would walk in and basically have the attitude, I'm here to do it, you want me to do it or what? You know? <laughs> yeah. So add add a decent yeah. script to that and he's pretty effective and he usually would usually be he would usually bring you back some of the biggest tickets too. Right, to, right, to right. Tell people because this I'm here, I got what I need. I know what I'm going to do. It's going to look great. It's going to be neat and clean. And all right, when do you want me to start? Yeah, <laughs> that's great. And you guys were always, well, because service was new, you were COD right away? For materials? Well, no, for when you, when you, when you oh, build oh, a home. Oh, for doing the work, yeah. You didn't have a oh, yes. You we, get in the David's very, well, after what that builder did to us, are you kidding me? Right. We don't want to bank and bank bankroll anybody exactly, anymore. Exactly, exactly. I, I just know you guys have been with us for a long time, but that was a huge mm-hmm. thing. Uh, I know when I first started with SGIs is just hammering home with people, you know, you just cannot have receivables and it, it blew me away yeah. how many people did. Uh, but yeah. you know, nowadays I think everyone's a lot more, or at least uh, consumers are far more used to paying for services up front versus back mm-hmm. in the day when you had to send me a bill kind of stuff. So, um, all right, very good. Did you guys in those early days and, and do you, I mean, maybe, I don't know if you have it now. Uh, how about a club membership? Did you guys put a diamond Absolutely. club or something like that yep. in place? Yep. We implemented a diamond club right away mm-hmm. and we went with the original, plan that Mike had put in place um, with all, you know, the discounts were pretty pretty big and, you know, the return, uh, the, the monthly fee that we changed uh, a few years into it, we revamped it and yeah. made it our own. So it, so it wasn't quite as, it, it's, you know, it's never been a losing proposition, but that upfront loss, you know, we didn't really feel like we needed to sustain that. So, sure. um, I, and I have, I have... I have stuck with that plan too. I know that um, Stephen Rachel, who's you know created the Lifetime Diamond Club, and I have not really bought into that. I've, I've, for whatever reason, I don't know if it's just old school or whether or maybe I just don't understand it well enough to change what I'm doing. But I really like what I do yeah. and how we do it. Yeah. And our homeowners like it. And and I, you know, we're we're in Central Florida. Mm. We are we are not exactly in a highfalutin big dollar. <laughs> area of the world, you know, Florida's notorious for low wages, and, and so, you know, for me, keeping it something that people can feel flexible, they can get in, get out, you know, I, I just, I just like the consistency of them kind of committing each month to us. 
For sure. No, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you, you know, uh, the beauty of, of the SGI uh, system is we, you know, we, we had the lifetime diamond club and, and if you want to use it, great. If not, so be it. That's your decision. You know, mm-hmm. uh, if you want to do mm-hmm. the regular diamond club or, uh, you know, club membership, uh, feel mm-hmm. free, you know, it's, it's pick or choose as you want. And if, if you feel that fits mm-hmm. you and your business best, that's great. You can, you can go ahead. Mm-hmm. And do that. But that, the nice part is though, for you guys being a, a, a still a newer, uh, residential service business at that point, you could at least start locking customers in, and then, mm-hmm. and then as as yep. you, when are you, when are your typically slow times for you guys? I'm sure there's some uh, some typical lulls that just always happens in every every business. Yeah, we get um. Interestingly, we kind of hit it in the summer a little bit uh, when the snowbirds all are headed north mm-hmm. in the late spring. We feel a little bit of a squeeze, um, and then in the summer when the families are on vacation, yeah, uh, although that, that doesn't hold true this year because people were pretty much vacationing and they were fixing their houses, which is why things went so well this year. Right. But um, in years past, typically that right before school starts, you know, when parents are freaking out because they got to spend, you know, thousand dollars on clothes and school supplies and computers and all that, and. Yeah. You, you just know that right now their priorities are over there sure. and they'll get back to us and what's going on with the house when they get a minute. Yeah. Yep. So that's kind of our, and you know, I'm always perpetually trying to squeeze those inspections in and, you know, keeping an eye on, you know, if we're running a little bit behind. And this year we did run behind because I didn't even want to phone out, make outbound calls and try to invite myself into people's phones. Right. Right. Yeah. I just honored the fact that people were being cautious and those diamond club members who did call for whatever reason, if they were due or even pending due, I'd say, okay, let's get, go ahead and get your inspection done while we're in there. Sure. Sure. That's fine. Let's do it. Yep. Yep. So we did fall a little behind this year as far as I've got some that are four or five months past due we need to get caught up with, but we've been so doggone busy that it's, you know, I'm I'm almost hoping we have a little bit of a down downtime here yeah. soon to do a little catching up. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's certainly been an interesting year in a yeah. lot of ways. So uh, you gotta you gotta just kind of be flexible and uh, do what you have to do. You know, when you get an opportunity to do it. So that's certainly understandable. Mm-hmm. But you know, to, back to the original point, it's been a great tool for you to to service your homeowners and also yeah. generate business when things get a little mm-hmm. uh, stagnant. Um, all right. So while we're talking about safety inspections obviously the the next big component of that is uh is options and building options and and letting people take ownership of their home and what they have done to their home was that so it sounds like david's you know david's obviously a sharp sharp guy and you guys are sharp Mm -hmm. people you did you take to that right away the the idea of of building options off of uh you know what the repair is that day and 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 whatever the safety inspection told you Yes, and it's a perpetual training mm-hmm. with the guys. Right. For me, I work here out of the office, and we have a showroom. So for me, I, I like live in the world of options. Yeah. People walk in the front door of my establishment here, and there the room is full of options. Yeah. So I totally understand how valuable they are. The guys sometimes out there in the field there's that perpetual reminder that the training brings them. Don't go in with your blinders on. Don't forget that, you know, you've got these things on your truck that are choices that you are, if you don't tell them about it, then you're deciding for them and who are you to decide for them? Exactly. So they get, they get reminded on a regular basis. And, uh, and the other thing that's been interesting is a lot of it, they, they learn, they learn through pain. (laughs) I've learned that they learn through pain. Uh You know, when, when they, 
when one of them goes out and diagnoses a problem and doesn't provide options and then they bring the ticket back, they made the repair, and then I have to send another one of them out on warranty for that. And then the, the next one will say, well, you know, instead of repairing this, why don't we replace it? Well, why didn't so-and-so tell me I could have done that then? Right. Ah, now do you see why options are so often? Why do we have to keep having this conversation? Right. Well, because they learn to sure. train. And over and over and over. But that's why I say oftentimes they learn it the painful way. Yes. But they learn it. And then the beautiful part is with the Diamond Club inspection, they'll, they'll fill out the checklist and they'll render a list of things that they feel, the technician feels, are priority concerns. And they'll price them out. And then they have seen over and over and over again where a Diamond Club member will call me and say, Laura, when Frank was here, he uh, left a list of about six things that we need to get done, and I want to do the first three. Yeah. So I go pull the report back out with the, with the options noted, and I can schedule and send them out, and I'll get the first. And then they, they look at me, and their eyes bug out of their head, and they're all excited. <laughs> yeah. And so they get reminded again, this works. You yes, don't yes. fight. Don't fight it. It works. Yes. Wait, quick, quick follow-up to that. Because, yeah, that is interesting. You know, once you tell people that, hey, these are the things that we notice are, I don't know if they're, they need immediate dressing, but they probably will in, in time, uh, that, they, that homeowners then go, wow, I guess, you know, I need to mentally prepare myself. If I can't afford to do it all now, uh, mm-hmm. I need to do that in the future. And how awesome is that if someone calls and basically is yeah. sold already, right? Pre-sold. Um, Pre-sold. When you, uh, when you do those pre-sold jobs, do you, the, the, the plumber that goes, out will he do another inspection uh, like a quick visual inspection because I'm sure there's always things that one guy will see that another misses or do you just kind of do the job and, and collect and get on your merry way probably depends on the homeowner yeah. and and the tech and the mood of the day and <laughs> what else is on the schedule <laughs> yeah I understand you know I'm I'm always telling them, you know what, if there's something else that needs to be done, right. call me. I'll, I'll move the schedule around. We'll yeah. do what we need to do. Right. Diamond Club members take precedence, so just let me know what you need. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, it goes back to even though there's two different kinds of plumbers, ultimately they are all still the same. They go in with blinders on. You <laughs> train them and you tear the blinders off weekly, and they still somehow manage to refine their blinders. But um, <laughs> we're always having that conversation i'm always telling them you know how would you feel if you went to the doctor and you know the doctor saw that you know you had bloodshot eyes and you know sent you home because you went in there because you had a sore on your arm that needed to be looked at you know and the doctor didn't diagnose you got pink eye too you know right i said you know and then you know three days later your eyes are all crusty and you have to go back to the doctor wouldn't you be mad at the doctor if he didn't say hey by the way I got this all fixed up, but what's going on with your eyes here? Let's see what that's about. Right. Why, why would you want to leave them with a problem? They've brought you into their home. They have called us and invited you into their home to help them. And now you, the doctor, did not open your eyes, look around, and make sure that everything's healthy while we're here. Right, right. Yeah, and I'll tell you, you know, um, as a longtime homeowner, there's just things you overlook. You just, you just, uh-huh. you don't notice it until someone points it out, uh-huh. you know, and you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize uh-huh. that yep. looks odd. Yep. And we, yeah, let's get it yep. fixed. You know, it's not a money yeah. thing. It's just a, 
you, you, speaking of blinders, we think we all get that in certain parts of our lives. Yep. Homeowners, when you yep. see the same house every day, <laughs> you, um, you don't notice. Yes. So I'm, yep. I, I'm a huge proponent of safety inspections. I always enjoy uh-huh. talking about those. Um, yep. How about, you know, you mentioned you, you're in a working class part of part of the country. Um, you, you, you build these tickets. They can get a little pricey. Some people will, will you know, push off uh, some repairs to maybe later on. Uh, has financing become a, a tool for you guys that you utilize to, to help maybe close some larger jobs? We have made it available, and it's interesting. It's rarely taken um, as an option. Mm-hmm. Rarely. It, it amazes me sometimes how many people can just cut a check for, you know, $1,500 for a wire heater swap out. Yeah. Well, it, yeah. It, 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 it can blow my mind. Right. But then I will tell you, Bob, that the bulk of our volume of business comes through on credit cards. Yeah. And interestingly, back in 2000, we got audited uh, a few years ago, going back to 2011, and they were, it was the stupidest thing. They said, well, the industry average, um, you're far in excess in credit cards. Uh, your industry average, there should be way more cash. Where's your cash? Interesting. And so we literally had to go back and pull and had to get the accountant involved. And we had to basically teach this auditor that we do residential service. We're not a plumbing contractor in the normal sense of the word where we've got builders giving us checks, you know, big dollar checks, you know, once a month or once every 60 days or whatever. Yes. We are residential service. And homeowners use credit cards. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And we accept those credit cards standing there in their kitchen. So we make it easy. So, <laughs> you know, but, so credit cards and what I have done on some occasions with uh, some customers that I'm already familiar with is if it is a little bit bigger ticket, I will offer them if they want to take that credit card and maybe make three day payments. Okay. And I'll just do a recurring charge for them. Yeah. So we, let their credit card company be the financier. Yes. Instead of us, you know, having to charge them more uh, to offer financing or have them, you know, get a ding on their credit or yeah. whatever the case may be. So my guys are kind of eh, eh, eh. They, right. they usually find a way to get around things without having to offer financing. Sure, sure. But no, that makes sense. I mean, I I, um, I feel like I'm certainly uh, the typical American that um, I put everything on a credit card for points. I pay it off, but I, you know, it's just mm-hmm. so easy right there. You just you mm-hmm. slide p- plastic or insert it. It's done. I get, yep. uh, get yep. my airline miles and, uh, you know, yep. happy-go-lucky. So, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned uh, accountants and numbers, and um, that's other huge aspect of the business that most people don't like talking about, but it is a big part, right? Because mm-hmm. you're, you're going to work your butt mm-hmm. off and, and make yep. more money. You want to make sure you, it's going the right places so you have some of it at the end. Um, how yep. much did you have to – I mean, you 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 ran you run your other business, it sounds like, fairly well. But the financial side, uh, were you – did you – was there much catching up that you had to do to understand where your dollars were going? Did you talk, work with Patty much back in those days? I worked more with Patty last year. Is that right? Um, than I have ever had. Really? Uh, okay. She really, she really kind of got on board with me. I got her on board with me, and she really kind of got me cleaned up and straightened up a little bit more. I, I, as I mentioned, David had already gotten the business going when he and I got together, and so others had set the QuickBooks program up. Oh yeah. And yeah. I, so I just kind of followed suit. I had my accountant come in when I came into the office full time. I had the accountant send his girl over and basically teach me how to get it, get around in QuickBooks. And so I just 
followed what I've been doing for a number of years. Right. I would pull the pull the thumb drive for the accountant every year at the end of the year, and he'd pull our taxes together, and yeah. that was about as in touch as, as I was with everything. David always monitored the the um, pricing from the vendors, so he's always stayed on top of making sure we weren't getting getting it sideways from them. Yeah. Um, so. I've always just kind of had a knack for having a second sense or a sixth sense for now's the time to buy a truck or now is not the time to buy a truck. Now's the time to tighten our belts and we're not going to do anything extreme right now. Um, I, I can, I'm not one of those people, Bob, that can look at a, a report and be like so many numbers people can. I just know what the balance in the checkbook is. I have that. I write the bills out every month, so I know what ingoing, incoming, outgoing is. Yeah. So I run more, more on my gut, I guess. Yeah. Knowing, I mean, I see the numbers every day. Yeah. So I know what's there, and you know, I do dive into them here and there. But they, there's just something about what my gut tells me that this leads me mm-hmm. many times, and I, that may not sound professional enough. Yeah, that's all right. For some who are listening, but for me. I've always been frugal. Yes. I grew up poor. Yes. So I don't have outrageous expectations or taste. Yes. I know that I have to take care of my people. Right. I, I've bought two new trucks in the last three years mm-hmm. so that I'm making sure my guys are equipped and safe. Right. And keep them in clean uniforms and, you know, work boots that are in good shape and try to provide them with as many perks to working here as I can that we financially can bear. Um, just run on run on what where my heart and my head and those numbers all meet in the middle. Support for this podcast comes from Reem. Brothers Richard and Donald Reem founded Reem Manufacturing Company in Emeryville, California in 1925. The company has produced a number of cutting-edge products since 89 years of operation. Today, Rheem is North America's only manufacturer of HVAC, water heating, pool and spa heating, and commercial refrigeration solutions. For more information, go to Rheem.com. Welcome back to the show. In the first half of my discussion with Laura Angstrom, owner of Alternate Design Plumbing in Orange City, Florida, we talked about her journey into contracting. We talked about how the company battled through a recession, transitioned from new construction to residential service, and went to work on building this new business. In the second part of our chat, Laura explains more about how they do training at Alternate Design Plumbing. She takes time to talk about each of her valued team members, and she shares the company's mission and vision statements along with her outlook for the future, and much more. So let's jump back into our conversation. You know, it's funny, we, we haven't touched on maybe one of the biggest things that, uh, you know, we talk about at, at SGI is training. So uh, how often do you meet with uh, with, with your guys? Uh, um, is David doing the training? Are you doing the training and talking about, you know, communication things or how frequently you get together? What do you guys do? We designate Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday for okay. training. Very good. Tuesdays, Tuesday is technically truck day. Okay. I usually go to the Chamber of Commerce meeting mm-hmm. to market the business for all of us on Tuesday morning, so that leaves the guys here. So the intent on Tuesdays is truck stock, truck bringing trucks up to speed, making sure we're not missing anything. Is there anything we need to do stock in the warehouse so they have to be stock in the trucks? Um, 
if there's some mechanical things they all need to go over, jobs that have come up that they all need to, you know, talk about the mechanical side of it, that that is their day. Wednesday and Thursday can be any number of things. Uh, one training day this week was actually I brought a gallon and I got two of my techs that did not have health insurance yet both got signed up and the other two have switched their insurance now with this gal that I brought in. So yesterday was an insurance day. Um, today we are going to be getting ready to order some more invoices and I knew we needed to make some revisions. There had been a number of conversations. So today was the starter day of let's go back over the invoices and what do we want to add? What do we want to adjust and change? Get the, our straightforward pricing books up to speed. Right. So then other days we get on the, the hub and we use the videos in there yeah. um, through the through this whole experience we've walked this year I've um, kind of tapped into that for some reinforcement and some uplifting some cheerleading sure, sure. Uh, they've responded really well the, they love they love when I pull up the speakers from the expo oh yeah oh my god they love the speakers that's awesome that's they will they will come in for days after still on, on their tiptoes just like they come Bound and in, man, that guy. <laughs> that guy, he was awesome. He was awesome all yeah. the way. That's the one that they're especially can't remember his name. All, all is that what he says? All in, all in. Oh yeah, all in. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fast. That's awesome. That, those yeah. things are great. That's great. Yeah, they're very good videos. And then, and then there's other times when we're just going over what happened yesterday, right? And you know, they we we all kind of. Uh, I, I call it the huddle, huddle now, more so than training. I call it the huddle, and every morning, we all pretty much convene here. I mean, every nobody starts remotely here. Everybody comes to the shop to start their day. So every morning, at some level, whether it be me wandering around with the dog out back while they're all pulling stuff off their truck from yesterday and getting themselves straightened out, and we all just kind of talk about what happened yesterday and or what's coming up today. Yeah. Every day we have some kind of a gather our gather our thoughts, gather our intentions, gather our our attitude yeah. and our culture. And okay, we're gonna have another good day. Yeah. And uh, so we do that pretty much every morning. I've always understood the value of trying to send them away smiling. That's great. And yep. And then you know, then there's other days where we're. More diligent this morning, actually, after working on the invoices a little bit, it was funny listening to them all because they would get the thicker and telling each other what to do. And then all of a sudden, one of them jumps up, let me have that blue book. I'll show you how you do your presentation. And he says, <laughs> and it's like, well, you just go with your bad self. Yeah, <laughs> right. Right. That's great. That's great. But, you know, I love that. You know, the, the, that's the thing with, with huddles. Uh, I, I know when the, the, the concept first came out, there was some pushback. Well, we just, you know, we want to get in the field making money. But I'll tell you, it, I, I, I think there's something to the culture element that they they help foster because you're around each other and if you do a pretty good job bringing the right people in they should all they you know they can have different personalities but they should be people oriented and they probably will like will like one another right that's a hope and, yep. and that yep. helps keep them around so yep, um, yep. And, and Bob I've been so blessed so blessed um, you know there's still a lot of there's a lot of intention that I have for the business, mm -hmm. for myself, even in my role in the business. But I've been so blessed with the technicians that I have right now. Yeah. There, I I've told them all the work needs to look like David did it. <laughs> yeah. But the, re the the relationships that are being cultivated out there need to look like Frank and Felix did it. Mm -hmm. Right. And that combination with all of them aspiring to be the best 
that each other offers, they it, it helps them appreciate each other. Mm-hmm. And they kind of, you know, sing each other's praises. It's kind of cool when they come back and, you know, they'll talk about, you know, how something went out in the field and they'll laugh and tell stories about their interaction with the homeowner. And, you know, and then it's cool for me and David because he helps me answer the phone when he can be around the shop. And, you know, we'll get those phone calls of the homeowners telling us how amazing our guys are. And, you know, they wish that one one of the guys called the other day and he'd helped an older lady out. Her kitchen, her undermount kitchen sink had fallen off oh. the bottom of the counter. Oh and that normally would not be something we would do. But the brackets, the original brackets were all there. We ordered some secondary brackets and we silicone the sink and put it back up there and re-secured it. And she told the, the guys, she said... You are amazing. You're quiet. You're neat. You're clean. She said, "I wish you did more than plumbing." <laughs> hey, maybe one day. Oh, you never know. You never know. Hey, Florida gets hot. Might, maybe some air conditioning or something. No, um, so yeah, how how long have these the, the three guys you have running your trucks right now? How long have they been with you? Well, David, obviously from day one, Frank's been with us for seven years, and Felix I hired in October last year. Okay. Okay. So, so David is still running day to day then. He what? Is David still in a truck then day to day? He is. I bought David out last year. Right. Right. Um, and I, and I, I, I was a 50, 50 owner of the business in the building with him. Okay. And, and last year he came to me and asked me if, um, we could talk about what his exit strategy was going to be. Yeah. And, he proposed, you know, an option to me, and I said, you know, let me go meet with the accountant. I'll yeah. come back with a counter offer. Right. And I came back with a really sweet counter offer. Yeah. And it was it was a good deal for both of us. So basically, David now works for me. Right. So ultimately, he's my senior tech. Yeah. But he is by far my favorite as far as the work and the thoroughness and the neatness yes. and the consistency mm-hmm. of what he does. So that's why I hold the bar high for the other guys to keep their standards high. Um, but they're all really good. Frank is so personable and he is diligent, but he is nowhere near as organized as David is. Yeah. And Felix can sell snowballs to Eskimos. He is, he literally is uh, so personable and they, well, Frank and Felix, Frank walked in my front door okay. seven years ago, oh, wow. and well, almost eight years ago now. He walked in the front door of the showroom, and he had worked for a plumbing company in a town south of here. Okay. And I know of the owner, and nobody that works there is ever happy. Okay. And Frank had moved down from Jersey a number of years ago, so he'd been at quite a few places. He'd been at some of the big guys down in Orlando, and... You know, everybody that works down that way, they all want to, especially if they live up this way, they want to get out of the city. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they want to work closer to home. And we're right on the main drag coming through town, so it's kind of hard to miss us. So, you know, I, I get walk-ins looking for jobs. But Frank happened to walk in, and I liked his personality. And he was funny because he sat down at one of the bar stools at the front counter. And I just remember, I always tell them all the first time they ever meet me, all right, well, how how about a background check? That's going to be all right? Oh, yes. How about a drug test? you going to be all right? Yeah, yeah. Hey, how's your driver's license? Oh yeah, fine, fine. And so, you know, we've got a we've got preset pricing on a lot of things and the prices aren't probably what you're accustomed to. 
Frank jumps out of that bar stool and backs up and like gets all Frank is Italian, so he's, he's very you know, if you tied his hands behind his back he wouldn't be able to talk. So <laughs> Frank literally gets up off that bar stool and starts like enacting from when he used to work for a, a franchise plumber in Jersey. Okay. And what he had to do for presentation purposes. Okay. And I was like, oh my gosh, he's a shoe-in. I'm not going to have to convince him that this is the way we're going to do it. He already knows. We just have to show him our way. Right, right. Well, David met him, and he found out that Frank at one point in time had gotten his license and had his own business. Uh -huh. So David, ah, I don't want to hire anybody that already has their own business. <laughs> and I was like, well, you know what? I have a say in this, and I really like this guy. Yeah. So let's, let's bring him in and let the other guys meet him. So we still had a couple of... Actually, you know what? I'm lying with you, Bob. We did not have anybody else at the time. That was when David and I were just working the business. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, it's it. seven years ago, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, because it's Fran the eighth. Mm -hmm. So, I didn't bring Frank in. It was just having to introduce him to David. Mm -hmm. So, I overruled. I overruled David. That's what happened with him. Yeah. I overruled David, and I said, you know what? We got 90 days. We can give him a try. For sure. And if it doesn't work out, and he's headstrong, and he wants to tell us how to run our business, then you know what? We'll get rid of him. But exactly. right now, you need help, and I need you to have help. Yeah, for sure. For and sure. we brought we brought Frank on, and we sent him for some training a couple different times, and he just gets all excited, and, I mean, he's like the, he's the perfect, perfect guy for getting all ramped up. And he's, he's, coached his boys' baseball team. So, you know, he understands and, un and responds to coaching. He understands the value of the huddle. He understands team effort, team players. <laughs> and then same thing with Felix. Felix walked in my door, and he's, he's a little Puerto Rican. <laughs> and I was all excited because he speaks Spanish. Yeah, and oh, here sure. in Florida, we've been pretty much in, in many of the states nowadays, but we've got a large community in this area that's got a lot of the Puerto Ricans and I get a lot of people to call here and I can't even communicate with them. Yes, yes. So I saw that. Felix came in and he was neat and clean and, and he was friendly and, you know, we women, we go with our gut. Yes. Yep. And for good reason. God gave us that gift and we have to listen to it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I told Felix, Felix was the one I said, you've got to come back and, and get interviewed with the guys. Yeah. So I had a young kid that was working with us at the time. We, David and I had known his dad many, many moons ago, many moons ago. So the kid had come full circle. So we were pretty excited about having him on board. But anyway, Felix walks in the door and, and, uh, and the second day, and he's all dressed to the nines as a, as a top of Puerto Rican should be. Yes. He's got his boomer's shoes on and he's got his <laughs> jeans that are all slit across the front and all, you know, badass looking. And he's got his dark t-shirt and his gold chain and he's meeting up his eyebrows and his little mustache and, and beard. And he comes walking in and I remember the young kid, he's Florida, Florida born and raised. And he's like, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm telling you what, they all fell in love with Felix. That's correct. They fell in love with it. And, and I I sat them all down a few months ago and just kind of had a little cheerleading session with them, just them to me, me to them. And I gave them each a, a certificate of appreciation. And I had sat and written down all the adjectives that I could think of that described each one of them. And I, so I sat them all down. And for each one, as I presented the certificate, I read off these lists of adjectives that I had. Yeah. And the one thing that we all turned and smiled is when I commended Felix on coming in every morning 
and literally brightening up our morning because he comes in with this cheerful, playful, fun, funny, great attitude. Yeah. And and he is just, he is so happy to be working here. Bob, I have had to slow him down. He is not a spring chicken, and he was going 120 miles an hour, and I said, slow down, Felix. I said, we want quality over quantity. Yeah. We want longevity over speed. Right. So please just know I want you to stay alive <laughs> and be well right. and reduce your stress. Right. And I want you to start right now. Right. That's great. You had a pulse on him, and, and you want to make sure that, that he doesn't overdo it and, and that yeah. he can continue the working relationship for a long time. Because, yeah, I, I do, you do yep. hear that in, in, in the trades for sure, that there are certain companies that will just push and push and push, and then a guy, uh, he can be tremendous, and he'll just he'll go, I just need to go somewhere where it's a little, you know, I have a little more balance, yep. right? Yep. So that's great. Yep. pulse on it. Um, yep. And then you said you have a uh, an apprentice with you right now, right? Yep, yep, yep. The, the other young kid went back to the, to the boss he used to work for that had fired him. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, there's a good reason that you're gone. Yeah. And, you know, that, the, and they, he was the one that came in moping all the time. So, you know what? Yes, it was good that he did, exactly. did what he did. But then Frank one day came to me and he said, listen, I've been working on this kid. I know his parents were all friends. He said his brother's going to college. He knows college is not for him. He's tried it. He want, he's been working, he's been working on one of the, for one of the construction companies that's doing a lot of the work down on the main highways going through Orlando and they'd let him go. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he, he came in and he sat down with me and he said, Laura, he said, I want a career. He said, I want to get into something that they're not letting me go because things get slow. Yeah. He said, I want a career choice where I know there's a future in it. I said, well, I said, Nick, I guarantee you there's always going to be a future in plumbing because the United States of America definitely caters to people that like indoor plumbing. Yeah. And and if we don't start raising up some youngins to do this, we're going to get $400 an hour till these old guys that die at 80 leaned over a toilet bowl, you know? Right. Yeah. So, yeah, we need, we need a next generation, and you've got three gentlemen here that you could be learning everything you possibly can from and you will you will come out so much wiser, so much more quickly. Yeah, yeah. So does he just rotate then through three trucks every day? Is that is that? Uh... I I keep him largely with Frank, mm-hmm. but then when one or the other of them is going to need an extra set of hands, I move him over there. Um, Frank was on vacation last week, so he moved back and forth between the other two guys. Yeah. Um, and he's so green, Bob. I mean, sure, sure. his dad is a cop, and his dad is not. His dad makes a. Uh, He's a, he does a lot of smoking and makes barbecue sauces on the oh. side. So he's not a mechanical kind of guy. So it's not like he's got a trade like cops and firemen usually have a second trade. Yes. He's not got a mechanical trade. So so Nick is literally, uh, we are literally teaching Nick how to how to use the basic hand tools. I mean, yeah. we're starting him, we're teaching him how to be a man, right. basically. Right, right. I mean, at, at, the, at the every level and, and that mechanical level. And Nick has an aptitude for it. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a smart kid too, which is nice. He's very personable. He's quick to laugh. Um, he's he's not you know he, he catches on to jokes and you know he knows when he's being teased and you know he handles it well and um, he's you know he's, he's turning into a man's man and he will have a trade that's when we're done with him. That's amazing. That's amazing. And. And my hope for him is that he will be, uh, you know, somewhere down the road, part of my exit strategy. Right. You know, I'm not going to the bank on it. I know better than that. Sure. But you know what? If he if he 
truly stays with us, and he's still very enthusiastic about it. And he's to say the thing that he's the most versed in his toilet. Interesting. And he will tell you that. Mm. He will tell you, he said, I can do anything with a toilet now. Yeah, that's interesting. They're still, but like they're, they're working on a wall-hung toilet at, at the post office yeah. here in town. Mm. And uh, so he's even getting exposed to that. So he's, he's, getting, he's getting a lot of diversity. You know, he's never done any kind of plumbing till now, so he's never really seen the underground and, you know, second rough, or he's familiar with second rough, you know, doing remodels. Um, but, yeah, he's, he's learning everything from scratch. That's wonderful. That's great. That's great. I mean, that's, you're right. I mean, you got to grow them up. Um, it's, it, mm-hmm. I mean, it sounds like you've gotten very fortunate with Frank and Felix and having two guys with technical backgrounds that have been just winners. But that is hard mm-hmm. to find these days. So. Yeah. I tell you, I'm blessed. I'm looking for one or two more. Sure, for sure. That's right. Got the truck just about ready. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Just in kind of a, just a few more to wrap up because I don't want to keep you too much longer. Um, you know, I was looking around your website uh, this morning, and I love that, you know, I always go to About Us pages because I just always like to see, uh, you know, what people put out there just to get a flavor for who they are, who the company is. And I love that you have, that you're, you know, in your About Us page, the first thing you see is your mission statement. And above that, it says, it's not about us, it's about you. So maybe just kind of talk about when did you, um, decide it was important to have a mission statement and to identify what your your kind of what your company stands for, so that you could communicate that to your team, so they they knew that you're not just working day to day to turn wrenches and and get a paycheck. That that you know you guys are, are aspiring to be more. So when did that kind of revelation hit you, and and how did you come up with your your mission statement there? We came up with our mission statement a number of years ago, and it was with a, we were on a mission to get a mission statement. <laughs> and and yeah. I and I think ultimately, yeah. and you know, it's interesting that you were cruising around on the website because I'm on the back back end where you can't see it. I, I'm having it revamped, okay. but um, it's you know it's time for it to be updated. Sure. But anyway, you know, it takes a while to light fire under people's rear ends and get it done. But um, the it goes, Bob, it really, I don't know that it was ever at any one point that we all just had some kind of an epiphany or something. I think it really stems from the fact that I was in the hospitality industry and the house, keep, house cleaning business. I was, I have a servant's heart. I, I am, you know, honored and humbled by the kind of work that I did, yeah. but I saw the joy that it brought to other people's lives. Oh, so yes. it was always rewarding. It was yes. never embarrassing or humiliating. It was always rewarding. Yes. Um, the Frank, Frank brings that same servant's heart to the table. He's very much an F mm-hmm. personality type. Interesting. Um, yep. He's very sanguine. He's very team player, you know, make sure everybody's happy. Um, and and it goes back to why he was an effective coach with his boys too. Um, so David is probably, David is very much a D, uh, uh, in personality, this personality coach, he's very much a D. He's not got a lot of patience for too much chatter. (laughs) Uh, Actually, he has no patience for any chatter. Um, he's like, get to the point. Okay. Next. Yeah. And we all know that, but we have so softened him up and, and he's even gone for some training and it has softened him up and it made him, some of that training helped him realize that some of his attitude was what was trickling down and we couldn't have that. Right. So he has adjusted that interestingly, even at this 
this stage of his life, it's, it, you actually can't teach an old dog a new trick now and then. Sure. Um, and and he sees the value coming back to him because he sees the, he sees this team that's coming together. Yeah, that's great. That's wonderful. Um, just where, kind of just again, in, in, in wrapping up, um, where do you see the, the company in two, five, ten years? Do you have a grand vision for what you want to do, or are you just kind of taking it a you know day at a time, month at a time, year at a time? I am. I've got a gentleman that is waiting in the wings. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, well, I'm, I'm going to say this, and you may need to edit it out. I don't <laughs> know, but the election was going to very much dictate how quickly I hired this gentleman. Uh-huh. And I'm kind of now reaching the point where I'm just kind of almost ready to throw caution to the wind and hire him anyway. Yeah. Um, he works for a plumbing uh, warehouse in Orlando, and he's only working part-time there. And he stopped in to see me right when all of this craziness started this spring. Yeah. And he was bringing his resume around. And one of the gals that I know from the local newspaper met him. He stopped in at their offices. And she asked him what he did. And she says, oh, I know somebody you need to go see. And she sent him right down to me. Uh-huh. He walked into my warehouse. We were doing some remodeling around here when things were shut down. And and uh, he walked in the side door of my warehouse and walked right up. And he was just personable and pleasant. Hand, handed me his resume so professional and I really liked him. It was another one of those gut things. And I told him, I said, listen, he's 34, Bob. Okay. Yeah. Young guy. So he's got 15 years of experience working the sales counter at the supply house. Oh, wow. Okay. And he has got knowledge of parts and pieces. Yeah. Well, as I mentioned, you know, basically David made me his exit strategy out of this business, and David's the one that knows the parts and pieces, knows the license, and understands the, the physics of plumbing. Yes. I could go learn it, but I don't want to learn it. Yeah. I, I want to delegate and pay people. Yes. To have, I want to create jobs, and I want us, the energy and the effort spread out among a group of us. So that, you know what, if we have to pick up the slack because somebody wants to take a vacation, we don't have to close the doors or, you know, go on a hiatus, you know, to make it happen. I want there to be a little cross-training and a little diversity. So this gentleman that came in has stayed in touch with me over these months. And I, he came in and sat down one Monday morning and visited with me just to kind of check in and let me know things were still working out really good. And he was so happy and he was still in the wings waiting. And uh, I said to him, you know, this this could very well be your last stop. Yeah. And with the knowledge that he has, he he understands repipes, he understands remodels. I said, what if my guys were out on a job one day and I needed an extra set of arms and a shovel in the ground? He said, I'd be out there in a minute, Laura. Mm -hmm. He said, the diversity of that possibility, he said, "I, I love that idea. He was showing me pictures on his phone of a chicken coop he built and a couple of other things that he built around his house because he had a little extra time on his hands. And I'm thinking, okay, he's mechanical inclined. Yeah. So, you know, so my goal is to get him on board. I realize that that's a little bit more overhead, but he's going to come in starting out part-time. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. a couple days a week, so it's not going to be as big a hit. Yeah. But it's going to give me someone that can start learning Whatever he doesn't already know, yeah. he can learn from David in the next two years sure. before David exits. Yeah. He can help run permits. He can run bank deposits. He can help me answer the phone. He can work the showroom. He can sell parts out of the warehouse. 
Yeah. He will he will be that other personality around here. If I need to go have a lunch meeting, or if I just want to take off early one day, you know, if I just need a mental health day or an afternoon or something. Yeah. Um, you know, have someone else around here, another face, another voice answering the phone, start spreading us out a little bit. I want to have, like I say, I have four vans right now. Two of them, one's a 2017, one's a 2019. There's a big Ford Transit. So those two trucks are equipped and they're awesome. Yeah. I have two Ford Econoline F250s, but they're both uh, 18, 17 and 18 years old. Mm -hmm. So they're both still mechanically running well. They've got almost 300,000 miles on them, both of them. Um, but they're equipped and they're loaded with inventory. David drives one of them, and the third one is fourth one is parked. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, I want to keep those trucks on the road, making me money. Sure. I'm gonna buy another Transit, mm -hmm. hopefully this next year, um, and start equipping it. And I've got to, I've got to get a couple more plumbers. Yeah. Yeah. And. and Bob, I know that, you know, I know that people spend, in theory, I'm supposed to be spending 30% of my time recruiting. Yeah. I can tell you that I have, I have put ads out there. I have put the word out there and I have had some of the scroungiest, <laughs> no goods come in my door. Yeah. Yeah. Yet when I have just left it up to the plumbing gods to bless me. Yeah. I've been blessed twice over now. Yeah. Abundantly. So... I, you know, I realize that if, if something happens, it has to happen in someone's life, and everybody's looking for plumbers. Yes. So it, what I've been working on is building up and, and increasing their pay. Yeah. Mm. I'm adding more fringe benefits. One of the things that my accountant said to me, um, over the years, I've always had some kind of a retirement plan for the guys in place, but I had a, I had a uh, 401k plan in place right when the recession really smacked us all on the side of the head. Yeah. And I shut it down and I dispersed everybody's money in whatever form they wanted. If they wanted to roll it into an IRA or savings account or whatever. Yeah. And I haven't had anything since then. So my accountant, when he sat me down and we were trying to do some tax planning for me for year end, he said, Laura, what's missing here is some kind of retirement plan. So yeah. I'm wanting to get some IRAs in place for these guys. Um, so that's going to help me on a tax basis. It's going to basically create what should for them feel more like kind of like a profit sharing sort of thing. Yeah, sure. You know, it will be something that I, that I would contribute to as I see the funds accumulate and I see their efforts, there, there will be that reward that goes straight back to them yeah. and it will be something that somewhere down the road they're going to say, no, that was not to do that. Yeah. Um, so I want to get something like that in place for all of them. Yeah. Um, I definitely, like I said, you know, there's that, I, I've watched and listened to everybody over the years that I've sat and listened to, and I realized that there's like, you you grow to like five or six trucks, and then from there, you almost have to double to make it worth mm -hmm. the extra grief you go through. Right, right. Well, I look at how profitable we are with basically three trucks on the road, mm -hmm. and one truck waiting in the wings. And I keep thinking to myself, maybe I don't have to get too big because, you know, it's really hard to keep everybody happy yes. and keep the culture, 
you know, you, you're adding personalities. Like you were saying earlier, you add those personalities and now are you managing those personalities and, and finding everybody's strengths and weaknesses and using them as best you can so that it's, it's still pliable. It's still, it's still a cohesive mix. Yes. That's, I, 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 don't want to um, in any way diminish how everybody that's already here feels about being here. Yes, yes. Yeah, I'll tell you, there's lots of PSI members, I, I, well, not just PSI, SGI in general, that are small businesses and they go, I am perfectly happy running, you know, three, four, five, six trucks because I am making very good money doing it. I can keep a pulse on everything. I know every job mm-hmm. happens and where we make money mm-hmm. and if we don't make money. And and mm-hmm. there is a some truth to the um, the saying, more money, more problems, right? So yeah, uh, more people, more yeah. problems. <laughs> so, yeah, more people, more problems. For sure. yeah. Your problem, yeah, good yeah, money doesn't fix them all. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Laurie, just kind of what, just in wrapping up, and thank you so much for all your time. This has been really enjoyable, and you've had such such great knowledge to impart to other members and contractors. Just what what general advice would you have for them, and how to build a business that you really enjoy, and then you you can make money doing it too. Well, as I say, if you're if you're listening to this. And you're looking into it, then for some reason, you're where you need to be. Yeah. And doing what we do, the kind of business that we do, this is the kind of organization to be involved with because you're with like-minded people yeah. who share your, your drive and your desire. Yeah. And they will mentor you. They will walk you through it. And you will be successful just as a byproduct of having the wind beneath your wings yeah. of others like yourself. And and such great relationships. I know you definitely have taken advantage of that. Um, I know I, I, I have being around as long as mm-hmm. I have. I just love going mm-hmm. to expos and seeing so many positive uh, neat people yeah. that I respect so much for how hard you guys yeah. work and uh, mm-hmm. how helpful you are to one another and how much it's, it's yeah. family oriented. And I, you know, I just, that's what I've always is, a. Uh, I've been just lucky to, to be a part of it and then to, to benefit from it. And I think you definitely have, have done that as well. You've got lots of great relationships in the organization. Yes, I do. Bob, you being one of them yeah. and you have been an amazing benefit to all of us too. And we, I hope you always know how much you're appreciated and just your general basic good-hearted down-to-earth nature it's fun it's fun to get together with everybody it's fun to see those big smiles and that enthusiasm when we're in each other's company and it's been a it's been a blessing it it saved us Mm -hmm. i truly believe that this whole thing we could have never done what we did in the amount of time that we did it without this this SGI resource. Well, Never. We we would have had to learn everything in the school of hard knocks. It would have cost us way more yeah. in the long run. It would have taken us longer to get there. And who knows whether we would have even been able to do it fast enough to save business. Well, you're very, you're very sweet, very kind. You, you guys have certainly put in a lot of the hard work too to make it happen. Because uh, I, I know it, it doesn't, it doesn't just happen. It takes a lot of uh, mm-hmm. a lot of hard work and effort. And uh, it's just so great to hear that you guys are doing so well, and, and you've got such an optimistic outlook for the future. So, Laura, I will let you get back to to work so you can make some money. But I cannot okay. thank you again so very much for your time. I really, I really just enjoyed chatting with you, and uh, I look yeah. forward to seeing you. Uh, um, hopefully okay. at the next expo or sooner. Okay, sounds good, Bob. Take right, care. Have a great rest of your day. You too. Thank Bye. you. Bye-bye.
That's Laura Engstrom, owner of Alternate Design Plumbing in Orange City, Florida. Thanks for listening to the show. If you feel like you have a great story worth sharing that would also help other contractors, email me at bhouchen at yoursgi.com. Also, if you enjoyed today's episode, please give us a rating. And remember, friends give fives. You've been listening to the Successful Contractor Podcast, powered by Success Group International. The support for this podcast comes from Green Sky. The Green Sky Loan Program is a leader in home improvement financing. Trusted by thousands of contractors in the U.S., we provide consumer financing options to help you close more sales and grow your business. For more information, go to greenskycredit.com sponsor SGI. The Successful Contractor Podcast is a part of the Success Group International family. SGI is the largest member-owned best practices organization for independent residential services contractors. SGI provides its members a competitive edge through proven proprietary management tools and expertise, marketing programs, training, and group buying power, along with a highly active and eager to help membership. For more information about Success Group International, visit www.yoursgi.com. The Successful Contractor Podcast is a production of the Kela Investment Group, LLC, All Rights Reserved 2021.